0: Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and ElitesportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody, another edition of One Man's Opinion here on the podcast. Boy. Uh, I want to thank everybody. I am Jeff Mance, by the way, in case you're new to the podcast. If you are new, appreciate you. Uh, and let us know. Uh, we want your feedback wherever you're listening iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, tuned in, wherever it may be, Podbean. Uh, very good launch to the podcast and uh, really proud of what we were putting out there and proud of the reaction it has got. If you guys like what you hear, let us know. If you don't, let us know. Not afraid of criticism. Not afraid to take negative feedback and spin it in positive as well. But uh, you know, really happy with the way this thing is launched. And uh you guys downloaded it and subscribed, it means the world to me. So I do appreciate that. I am Jeff Bans indeed. You can find me. I'm the co- the host of Sirius X on Sirius X on Fantasy Sports Radio, the Elite Sports Show, two to four PM Eastern every weekday afternoon. Also host the pregame show for the football and every man's fantasy during the football season as well. Sunday mornings, the pregame show there. You could find me at fantasyguru.com, all things seasonal fantasy sports, fantasyguru.com, elitefantasy.com, where we have all our daily stuff, uh, daily fantasy basketball, hockey, PGA, MMA, NASCAR, and our daily fantasy baseball package, The Early Bird. Depending on when you're downloading and hearing this podcast, It's almost up. you got to get in now for the early bird. Be with us all spring training, all postseason, of course, all regular season long. I have my cash game breakdowns there as well. I'll talk a little bit about DFS uh, coming up in a second, but EliteFantasy.com is where you find me there. And, of course, EliteSportsBetting.com for all things sports bets. College basketball, NBA, XFL. You want to talk player props, March Madness, everything else is over at elitesportsbetting.com. If you use the promo code radio20, get yourself a little discount. You could follow me on Twitter, at Jeff underscore Mans, M A N S. The Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. The Jeff Mans, all one word for daily videos and content over there as well. So there we go. All of that's out of the way. Uh, for those who don't know, I wonder about this. I'm sort of an old folk, uh, I guess. Somebody, uh, when the podcast launched this week, uh, somebody chimed in and said, oh, you—you know, I'm used to hearing you on serious." Or no, somebody was critical, that was it. And they said, do you, oh, it's funny, these guys think they're going to cross over into an entertainment business. I don't think people understand that that's kind of what I was. I wasn't a fantasy player that became a broadcaster. It's the other way around for me, at least Uh, other people have different journeys, but uh, I get it. So I'm more of the broadcaster sort of whatever entertainer, I guess, whatever. Um, that was, that's trying to be a fantasy player. That's more, more of a fair criticism to me than the other way around. Um, I wonder, a lot of people don't know. I've, one of about six people in the universe that have won two live finals in daily fantasy sports. Um, one of three people who have done that in multiple sports. I took down a $100,000 Playboy championship back in 2015 for uh, a FanDuel at the Playboy Mansion. I'll tell that story. I got to have Schuster and um uh, talking about that story, Ted Schuster, uh, one of these days. Took him that and then took him $250,000 in a fantasy football live final In 2016, as well. So, uh, a lot of wins in there. So, I've won my fair share of contests, especially in daily and done it in football, done it in baseball as well. So, um, just a little background on that. And we'll expand on that as we go. So, where do we start today? I want to talk. We'll get into some news. I'm going to hit some sports today. I know I really do appreciate you guys that listen to the first podcast. And hopefully you enjoyed the second. We talked about what's wrong with baseball, what's wrong with the fantasy game of baseball and all that. Um, the first podcast was well-received and it was all, I talked, dude, I, I blew through that thinking, all right, everyone's going to hate this one, but I really want to center in on the folks that are going to stay with us, you know, and then start giving you guys better content as we go every single day, every single week. And uh, lo and behold, you guys enjoyed it. And I like the fact that we've had to open up some conversations. I've had political conversations. I've had uh, gay marriage conversations, religious conversations over the last few days, um, all centered around my beliefs on the podcast. So if you haven't tuned in to episode one, hopefully you guys do that and just get to know me where I come from, because I think it'll help everybody out as we go forward. You get an idea of who the hell I am. So today we're going to talk, uh, I'm going to split it between baseball and football. I'm going to be sports heavy today. All right, we're going to get into, I'm going to bring in more guests than I thought. I have so many stories to tell you guys about, like I said, the live final victories and um, Schuster and Ray Flowers, who you guys know. Tommy G, got to get him on the podcast immediately if he ever wakes up before like 5 p.m. Eastern time. Maybe he can uh, help me out with this podcast. I've done his pod, No Mercy, uh, many, many times. And now uh, we need to turn the tables and talk to him about his conspiracy wackadoo and everything else. But got to get Tommy out. We have so many fucking stories together. It's crazy. So uh, we'll be doing that in, in the days and weeks ahead for sure. If there's, there's stories that you've heard me reference or um, topics that you want me to take on, I am going to do it. Just hit me up at Jeff underscore man's on Twitter or anywhere else on the other social media outlets uh, that have been talk about some hot topics in sports right now. I did want to get, I want to talk more open about the Spike Lee, New York Knicks fiasco. Have you guys, did you guys hear about what happened to Spike Lee? Um, If you just saw the video, right? If you're just looking at the video and see Spike Lee yelling at security guards, that's no bueno. Now, I don't go for that shit. Like, I and one thing I didn't talk about in the first podcast, like, be nice to waiters and waitresses. Like, unless they hock a snot rocket into your food or or like something like that, they take your piece of toast at breakfast, wipe their ass with it. Like, if they're gonna do that, fine. Go you know, bitch and yell and complain to the manager. But just don't be one of those douchers that constantly want free food. Okay, if you go to a restaurant. You know what the price is. Order what you can afford. Order what you want. Don't blame the waiter or waitress. You don't know what's going on. Nine times out of 10, if your food's cold, that's from the kitchen. If your food is delayed, if it takes a long time, it's because these guys and gals have 20 tables that they're waiting on and stuff. So don't be an asshole. Yeah, we say that in the first podcast. Don't be an asshole. What's wrong with you? Don't do it. Don't yell at people like that. Waiters and waitresses, people in the service industry as a whole, Man, it's a thankless job, you know? And don't under tip too. Don't find a reason. Don't be one of those douchers either. Oh, I'm going to pay you. I'm only going to give you 10% because I really don't like your attitude. Shut up. Pay the 20%. You know how it goes. Good grief. Finding reason. If if just order lesser of a meal. Don't punish the people that are serving you and cleaning your shitty plates and dusting off all the you know, mayonnaise that you slather all down your gullet. Don't do that. Don't punish those people. Those people didn't do anything. Order, don't have bacon on your burger. There you go. There's a buck and a half right there. It just saved, right? Do that. So I saw the video of Spike Lee screaming at the security guard, and I said, oh, shit, no, 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 no. Dude, what the fuck are you doing here, right? Investigated the story. He came out the next day, went on ESPN, in the morning and sort of set his side of things and i'll tell you i'm spike i'm on spike lee's side a thousand percent one of the things um that i'm passionate about and I'm, i believe in very 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 much is censorship is like one of my big things i can't stand people censoring i hate that shit and i talked about that in the first podcast but i also think when it comes to sports that fans get fucked constantly. We get fucked in the ass, not all the time, right? Players make a lot of money. Owners make, people make a lot of money. I'm not envious or jealous. I don't give a shit what anybody else makes, but I do care what I have to pay. And, you know, I guess we did talk about this on the first one where a family of four, you know, cost three, four, five hundred dollars to go to a freaking game, or maybe that was episode two. Already, three episodes in, I'm running freaking together. That's where my that's how scattered I am, folks. You, you're going to notice that as you get to know me. But it's ridiculous. There's a whole thing, antitrust lawsuit going on right now with DirecTV. So help me God, if they get rid of Sunday Ticket, I'm going to flip the fuck out. Because I'm not downloading 32 different apps to watch 32 different feeds and streams of these fucking NFL games. I need a centralized hub to do it. I don't care what it costs. Like some of us just want to watch all the games. If you're an Eagles fan and only care about the Eagles fine, yeah, sure, you should be allowed to watch without subscribing to all the games. That's fine. They should offer an a la carte ver- version. But to go away with the Sunday tickets going to piss me off. But back to the Spike Lee thing. And when, if you notice, this is a trend with the New York Knicks. For one, the New York Knicks are a prized organization. They are a a beacon, if you will. Like they're they're Certain organizations, whether we like it or not, and I was—I grew up to hate the Yankees, uh, Red Sox. I was fine with until recently. Red Sox. I don't like the the Patriots. All the front runners, right? I don't the Golden State Warriors, like that. The Red Wings. When I was growing up, we didn't like. I didn't like like the front running teams. I think that's normal, especially if you're from the Midwest. You're, you're trained to hate on on the coasts, right? LA, but there are teams that whether we like it or not are just there's the franchise they are the the top of the food chain new york yankees boss the red sox patriots and nfl dallas cowboys whether we like it or not i know eagles fans are like fuck that no but they are they are I, 70s and 90s i mean they had two decades of crazy success and america's team and all that bullshit and they get higher ratings not what could do um I think the Bulls, in a lot of ways, Chicago Bulls, where I grew up in Chicago because of Michael Jordan, are given a lot more uh, attention than they deserve. Um, and those, those teams, Lakers, of course, right, um, always get a lot of popularity and everything. So there are certain teams like that. I think the Knicks are one of those teams, despite the fact they haven't won a championship since 1971. They haven't won anything. I think they've been to three or four finals in that time. And yet they still, Madison Square Garden, for those who haven't been there, I've been around and been to many venues in the sporting world. There are, there's not a better place, really, to watch a game. Frick it, if you get Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden, you're in good shape. That's just a great place. There's history. There's nostalgia. It, the Acoustics are great. There's, everything is great about MSG. The location right there, downtown, it's just perfect. Knicks deserve better, a lot better. They should be a franchise. We should all hate the Knicks because of how good they are on a regular basis. We don't because they've sucked ass for so long. But a guy like Spike Lee shows up, goes to these games. You know, what the hell is he doing on a fucking November evening, middle of the week, on a Wednesday in November, watching the Memphis Grizzlies take on the next like who gives a shit right but he's Spike Lee that's that's, Spike Lee's a real fan you don't have to like his movies you don't have to like I'm I go back Mars Blackman for all you younger listeners go google Mars Blackman the uh commercial Nike commercial used to do with Jordan and Spike Lee he was hilarious in that shit so he gets into it he uses an employee entrance to come in and out of Madison Square Garden He's had the same floor seats for, I think he said, 30 years. Okay, fine. He uses this entrance, and all of a sudden, the ownership of and, and, uh, the Knicks and Madison Square Garden, James Dolan, says, no, you're not using that. They order security to block him off and say he can't use it anymore. He's been using that for over almost two decades now, right? Like, including many, many, many times under James Dolan's watch. Spike Lee is a celebrity, a very heavy celebrity, a guy who has made movies about tough, real tough topics, including a lot of race relationship and stuff like that. And when you are that kind of filmmaker, that kind of celebrity, you breed a certain amount of anger toward, from other people, right, wrong, or indifferent. It's just what it is. Spike Lee will get heckled. People say terrible shit to him, all that kind of stuff. Well, he sh- I don't have any problem with him using the ploy entrance. It's doesn't – he is a celebrity. He, he brings a lot, especially in this downtime. He brings – it's more interesting. When I went to uh, a Nick game I went to, when oh, SiriusXM flew me out and took me to LeBron when he was with the Cavs, played the Knicks. Howard Stern was in the audience. Spike Lee is in the audience. Like all these celebrities. I was way more interested in seeing all these celebrities than I was really in the game because it was a blowout. The Cavs just trounced them it was interesting that Spike Lee brings attention to the organization. He's good for the organization. He, you know, letting him slip in and out the back door, the employee exit, doesn't do them a hell of a difference. It doesn't get in anybody's way. It doesn't hurt anybody. So let him do it. You've been letting him do it for 20 years. So now you're the only reason to stop him is to be an asshole. And that's what James Dolan's being. He's just being an asshole, trying to be to Spike Lee. So Spike Lee, lashed out it's not right to yell security guards security guards are just doing what they're told all you know how many of us raise your hand i won't tell how many of us hate our jobs whether it whatever you know part of our job everybody hates something about their job otherwise it wouldn't be work i have a dream job i really do and there's at certain aspects that just piss me off too right it's just the way it is but certain things you have to do to do it and employees security at madison square garden hit the block spike lee they probably love Spike Lee. From what I've heard, and I, I know people that know people that obviously work security there. My understanding, is he gives lavish gifts to the staff and security from Madison Square Garden. He gives, like, good, nice gifts, holiday gifts and everything like that. So um, I think he's pretty beloved amongst there. And if you work at MSG and you have – opposite information by all means feel free to share it at jeff underscore mans d jeff mans, and other social media outlets but so spike Lee's good for the Knicks. it's bullshit that you take him out you, you think about james Dolan did to charles oakley made him look like a drunken idiot a couple of years ago as well they have tarnished that organization so dramatically james dolan that it's really embarrassing and somebody needs to intervene that has to be the nba there comes a point in time where we all have to, and think about it this way, folks. I know there are a bunch of you out there saying, ah, fuck Spike Lee, who cares? Again, rah-rah, take your money and go somewhere else, do something else good. Fine, that, that's, that's one conversation, but that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about, if they do this to him and all he's done, he has spent, he says $9 million on tickets alone. That's not merchandise, $9 million he has spent on the Knicks for his courtside seats over the last 30 years. $9 million. That, just let that soak in. (laughs) It's a lot of money to spend for anybody. Whether he has it or not, doesn't matter. Of course he has it. Of course he could afford it. But that's what he spent. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of support that Spike Lee, forget about the commercials he's done. Forget about wearing Knicks gear everywhere. Forget about recruiting people and players even to go there. High five and Reggie Miller, you know, the opposition back in the day. And you may think that was shitty, but no, it just showed what a great atmosphere it is at Madison Square Garden. If, if ownership of any team can do this to the, one of the most beloved fans of any fan base in sports, what the fuck are they going to do to us? What are they going to do to us? You think about Think about the pricing already, which I've gone into Major League Baseball, how much it costs to go to any sporting event. Think about the price of parking. Think about the lack of parking in some of these places. Think about the concession stands. Shitty food, expensive food, watered-down beer, smaller glasses and cups, longer lines, scummier, shittier bathrooms, right? They don't care. They, don't, they already don't care about us. Look at all the, look at the protection. One of the things that always drives me crazy about going to sporting events is the lack of security for regular fans. If you're on the floor, granted, they're going to have lots of security. If you're up in the second, third level, and somebody just gets annihilated drunk, has you know, 20 Jaeger bombs or whatever, and is like blackout, and is screaming profanities and slurs and everything else. And you got your family, you got your, your son, your daughter, your wife there with you. I mean, it's an unpleasant place. And then you look over it, I'm like, oh boy. And then he started, fuck you, you fucking want to go. And all of a sudden, like you find yourself in a fistfight and the guy's hauling off. How many fistfights have we witnessed in the parking lot, in the stands, in line, in the bathrooms, right? I mean, we've seen all these terrible things and security's nowhere around. They don't give a shit if we get our ass beat. Nobody's protecting you at these games. And maybe that's not a big deal. It's not the biggest deal, but just think about how little they care. They don't care, man. And that's the thing. If they're going to do that to Spike Lee, they're going to do it to Charles Oakley what are they going to – what do they think about you? They think of us as just a bunch of assholes. And that's what is a major problem with me in professional sports these days. It is a major, major problem. And it doesn't get any better. Season ticket holder, non-season ticket holder, four seats, upper deck, doesn't matter. They don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. They're making so much money – that even nine million dollars of uh support over the years they don't give a shit about so you think they care about your five thousand or whatever you spend on your season tickets fuck no they don't give a shit so i stand with spike lee on this i think he is one of the best celebrity sports fans out there we did that top five on the series show the other day and curious what you guys think if you want to chime in on that at jeff underscore man's Best celebrity sports fans out there. There's a lot of good ones. There's some that are just fair weather bullshit artists, of course. You know, when it's always fashionable to uh even Howard Stern. We love Howard, but um I love Howard Stern to death. He's just the best. But uh, you know, he was at that nick game I happened to go to against LeBron, and he I heard him on the air a couple of days later. He's like, Yeah, well, you know, I was promoting AGT at the time, America's Got Talent that he was on. And it's like, yeah, I don't know much about basketball, but they said it was a good thing to do to get out there. And so that's some celebrities are just fair weather fans, but you have got dudes like Paul Rudd and Rob Riggle, who are die our Kansas City Chiefs fans. By the way, uh Paul Rudd is a fantasy guru subscriber. I think I could disclose that. Um yeah, he's a Fantasy Guru subscriber and has been for a long, long time. We appreciate his business and winning Paul Rudd championships. So we're good enough for Ant man. We're good enough for you, dude. Yeah. So that's where I stand on uh, Spike Lee and sports fans and us getting screwed over. It's something I'm not going to stand for. When I see these injustices happen, I'm going to say something every fucking time because I just can't stand it. And neither should you. We, we shouldn't stand for any of it. We got to show... White Sox fans that uh, where I grew up get a bad rap a lot of times, but I'm telling you, it does a lot of good. We put pressure on our organization because we just don't go. We just won't go, period. We just aren't going to support a team that fucks us in the ass. We're not going to support it. You treat us shitty, you put a lousy product on the field, bad food or bad seats or whatever, we're not going to support it. End of discussion. And I think that goes a long way because the White Sox have been forced and they're in the middle of a rebuild right now in which it's looking really good. Just signed Joan Mancada to a nice big deal extension, Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez. And you saw Lucas Giolito break out. Ronaldo Lopez and Michael Kopech and Dylan sees so much young talent. And they, they were forced to rebuild it and they've done a good job so far. We'll see how it goes in 2020, but um I digress. I think that put pressure on the organization because you can't have an empty ballpark. It's just not going to, it doesn't look good. It's not going to sell more tickets. It's terrible for the value of the organization as a whole. And one thing all owners care about is money. That is all they care about. All right, let's move on. Let's do some sports topics here. I'll start with Major League Baseball. I'm going to get into some NFL Combine stuff as well today. On One Man's Opinion, we're going to talk about the NFL Combine. I'll give you some thoughts. I'm going to tell you my all-Combine team, as a matter of fact, the biggest winners of all positions at the NFL Combine uh, this past week in, at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. I've been to the Combine six or seven times over the years, and it didn't go to the last couple, and I probably should. I always am bummed I don't. I think it's because I take my one vacation a year after the Super Bowl, so I take that week off. So I'm just I'm usually just getting back into the mix, and then it's right away it's the the combine, and they do a good job on TV where you get all everything anyway. So I do like being there. Did miss being out there, but um, what can you say? Today I want to talk about the underdog teams. I want to talk about the best bets MLB futures. Over on EliteSportsBetting.com, we have a, a ton of information. We throw out bets, all sports and everything else. But one of the best things that we do is tell you where you can legally sports bet. And I don't know how many of you understand this, but I think it's legal in 11 states now um, and county. There's, I know Florida has um, uh, a, a bill on, on the docket, Alabama as well, where you know, they say where you can legally sports bet and where you can't. And, you know, there's, it's growing, the number keeps growing by the day, okay? And I think right now 20 states actually have some form of legalized sports betting, okay? Plus Washington, D.C. technically, all right? So some of them, there's seven or eight that the, the bill has passed, but you can't bet yet. Um, some of them you only could bet in legal or uh, in actual sports books. You know, places like Nevada doesn't have mobile betting, which is a huge thing. you got to be able to mobile bet for crying out loud. Like it's insane that, uh, that they don't. Arkansas, I know, just legalized um, back in the summer of 2019, and they have only in sports books. But there's online books, bovada.com, mybookie.com. We've got a how-to. Over at Elitesportsbetting.com, you guys could go check that out and see where you guys could lay some some money down. Because one of the things, a uh, focus of mine when it comes to sports and sports talk is I want to ch- I want to demonstrate, show you guys how to win money. Like, let's win money doing this, right? We spend so much. I just got through telling you, you spend so much freaking money on tickets, jerseys watching the game on TV, television rights, Sunday ticket, whatever it may be, you know, whatever it is, supporting teams, players, coaches, cities, you know, all these events, we do all that work. We, we fund all of it. Why don't we take some knowledge that we gain and, and use it in a way that makes us profit, at least get some of that back, take some of that money back. That's what the Elite Sports Network is all about. I feel like we're a real modern company that way. And we recognized that way early on, you know, fantasy sports has been big and, oh, I'm in my home league and win some money here and there. And that does, that's, that's fun and great. And then Daly came in and win some money, but there's so many different ways, especially with the legalization of sports betting. Like you, you don't have to be a degen. You don't have to bet every college football game on a, on a given Saturday. You don't have to bet the entire tournament. But when you know, when you have the nuts, and you've done all the research, or you trust people like myself that have that go deep into what the wins above replacement is, this pitcher, what what this guy's slider looks like in spring training, what this you know the expected on base percentage here, or what this quarterback does against a cover three versus a cover two, and you know when we have this kind of the pace of an NBA game and you know, the uh, backup goalie and, and jug jugger- it. When we have this information, right, the splits, the stats, the analytics, that a lot of old school folks don't want to pay attention to. Whether you like analytics or not, I don't give a shit. You, you can say whatever you want. But the fact is, if I can get an advantage, if I have an advantage, an opportunity, if I could, if I see a statistic or a series of them that uncovers something that can make me more profitable, And feed my family, I'm going to do it. All right. Maybe you're not all like me, and that's fine. Again, we could disagree all the time, but that's what I'm doing. So I see some future bet opportunities in Major League Baseball right now. And I'm telling you, the window's getting closed. We only have, from this recording, from when I'm recording this, we have about 22 days until the start of the 2020 Major League Baseball season. All right. And as teams get, injured and we see guys go on uh, in slumps or on tears in spring training numbers at the, in these sports books, especially online and in Vegas and anywhere else you bet they fluctuate. Okay. So those are big deals. Here's the way I bet when it comes to futures, I win, a I win a good amount of money. I've never won five figures. I, I win about four figures over a thousand bucks, thousand, you know, once I win last year, uh, I think I won like eleven $1, hundred. The year before, two years ago, I know I had like three thousand dollar future profit because it shows up right after Christmas. I spend all this money at Christmas, and then the week seventeen NFL season hits, and then that's it. And then next thing I know, I log into my uh, Bavada or my bookie account, and boom, it's like, oh shit, what did I do? Oh yeah, the future bets just roll in whenever they settle up. So, uh, or it's actually some of them are after the Super Bowl. Um, depending on what you bet. So you know, that being said, it's a nice little investment if you bet the right thing. Um, I don't like betting to win Super Bowl or in this case for baseball winning the World Series. I don't love I don't love that bet. I do I will bet one or two underdog teams. I had that two thousand three Carolina Panthers was one of my best bets ever, seventy five to one. On that, they sure enough they're coming off a five and eleven season, but they just signed Jake Delhomme and John Fox was there, and uh, I think they just drafted Julius Peppers. Whatever they went to the Super Bowl, and as was uh, they lost against the Patriots, and I ended up that's my first lesson in hedging. I had to hedge out for five hundred. I would have won thirty seven hundred if I won the bet. I hedged out only for five hundred, but fuck it, why not? I won five hundred bucks uh, out of the whole deal on a fifty dollar bet. Pretty pretty good, so um yeah so i mean that was a uh my first real foray into future betting and i did that in vegas before we could even do this from our our bathroom stall at home you know you could bet from the shitter what's better than that anyway um so i don't love to do that but i'll do one or two teams there are guys that will bet 15 different teams to win the world series because technically if you hit a long shot the math could pay out uh, I don't do that. I think there's all, so much that has to happen to win the World Series or Super Bowl. I just, I just have to make the playoffs and all that stuff. The, the best bet for Major League Baseball, and I'll give bets all throughout the baseball season for you guys to make some cash. I like over and unders. I like them in games. I like them in for the year. I think there's a lot of great odds right now and sort of with the win totals that you can go – they, they pretty much every team in major league Baseball's right around the 80 to 85 game mark everybody is around there and if you think a team's gonna do very well you just bet over if you think they're gonna do less you go under it, you know obviously that's well, oh boy that's good information jeff yeah i know uh basic shit right but um i also with over unders i like to bet the the edges i like to bet unders at the highest teams then my my favorite bets are betting unders on win totals for the highest expected teams and overs on the lowest expected teams okay because a lot of the odds are always based on last year and teams worked all off season to get better they got guys coming back from injury they signed free agents they had a whole draft class come in new, a lot of times new coaching staffs and whatnot so like last year for instance the la rams had 11 and a half win total. I went went under that. The Chargers had, I think there was 11 win total as the over-under. I went under that. Those were easy, easy, easy wins. Okay. On the flip side of that, um, teams that had uh, low numbers for, or a low expected win totals a year ago were the Baltimore Ravens. I didn't think they're going to win 14 games, but I think it was seven and a half. And I, I really was bullish on the Ravens before last football season. Not I don't want to say I saw this come in or I saw Lamar Jackson because that's not true. Not at all. But I did think they were gonna be better. And I thought the division was going to be worse. And um and then uh what was my other one? I'm blanking on the other team that I, I thought was gonna be better. Um I know I lost the Browns. Um I hit them at a very low total. I think their number was seven and a half too, and I thought, okay, well, all those, all the off-season additions there, I'm gonna go over that. And they ended up, I think they were only six and ten this past year. I lost that. I definitely lost the Cowboys. I like think they were nine and a half and won eight games. Uh, I had the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl as well because I got great odds on them. And people like to shit on that pick. Like, oh, you're shit now. Uh, I the Cowboys are a crazy talented team. They really are and they or they were last year scored a shit ton of points. They're like fourth in all of the NFL, third or fourth in NFL points scored. I mean, they did a lot of things well. It's just that coaching sucked, the defense ended up sucking and uh you know, they they couldn't get out of their own way. A lot of close games there too. So I don't mind betting that the Cowboys are going to lose, lose with a talented team. And that leads me to this year's winning the world series bets. So there's two parameters here. I don't see any use in betting the Dodgers or Yankees do If you put a gun to my set, head and said, who's going to win the world series in 2020, I'm going to have to say the Dodgers just because they're mega loaded. If the Yankees were healthy, If it wasn't for Severino and Judge and Stanton and Paxton, like already being out, I would say the Yankees would win the World Series. So it's one of those two teams is who I would pick depending on their health. But it's not a good bet. It's plus 350. Eh, Nah. Because every other bet, I mean, there are teams like the the Twins. The Twins have a direct path into the playoffs because the AL Central is terrible. People want to bet the White Sox, and I can deal with that. I like it. The the White Sox are a very young and emerging team, and maybe it's my south-sidedness and my fandom that keeps me more cautious than the field. I'm not going to bet. I don't bet my favorite teams. I don't mix money with pleasure, at at least not investments. I'm not going to bet or invest in my favorite things. I'm going to bet on the best things. The White Sox was the best thing, I would do it. I think the Twins are just so much, so far and away the class of the AL Central that they walk to the division. So they're already in the playoffs, and you give me plus 2,000 on them to win the World Series, you know, that seems like a pretty fair bet to me. Okay, I think that's a pretty fair bet. Not my favorite bet. But it, it, that's – I can justify betting them to win the World Series because in my mind, they are already got a spot in the playoffs. Okay, Um, the Phillies at plus 2000 are are very interesting to me as well. Not going to bet that one reds at plus 2,500, a lot of people, a lot of people are betting on the Cincinnati reds. And we've seen Chicago and Milwaukee take giant steps back this off season. St. Louis getting pretty long in the tooth and old as well. So that will be an interesting division. The NL central, I'm not going to bet on the reds. I, I just don't see it. I, I think there's a lot of un, you know, underrated or underappreciated talent in Cincinnati, but uh, it's not a, not a club that I think is going to continue um, what they did in 2019, even with the uh, offseason acquisitions. You know, 2500 uh, plus 2500, they're they're interesting, but Taylor May, or Tyler Maley and Sonny Gray and Bauer is more of a nut job than I am. Uh, I like Trevor Bauer, love his repertoire. I like him from a fantasy standpoint, but he's just like screwy, man. He's always worried about Rob Manfred and everything else that's going on. Then you get Descalfani and Miley. I'm just not, nothing there excites me, you know? And Mustakis Castellanos, they're fashionable guys, but there's no stars here. And, and I don't know. I just, if it was old school Joey Votto, maybe, but, uh, yeah, you know, so he's not the same guy either. So my favorite, I have two favorites, right? That I'll bet to win the World Series this year. Number one, I'll tell you the National League too. My number two bet, all right, it's plus 4,000. That's the San Diego Padres. Now it's a real long shot, extreme long shot, of course. But if you want to risk a little and win a lot, you're going to have to take one of these under the radar teams. Padres are very similar to the Chicago White Sox. In fact, um, places like Baseball America and MLB Pipeline value their farm system and young talent far greater than what the Chicago White Sox are. And then you start looking at their division and it's like that division outside of the Dodgers sucks a lot of ass. It's not a good division at all. Dodgers are class, Dodgers will be great, but you know, you, you could just room for two more teams to make the playoffs technically. And if you're just gonna beat the shit, out of the Padres Diamondbacks, or I'm sorry, the Rockies Diamondbacks and Giants especially, I mean, that's – you're going to get a lot of extra wins. I think the Padres are going to be in position to make the playoffs this year. And the acquisition – they signed Machado last year. Hosmer is just a steady guy, um, you know, steady, strong, middle of the lineup, kind of bad. But you get Tommy Pham, and Profar in there franchi cordero francisco mejia fernando tatis these are really good young emerging stars austin hedges will myers is going to play sort of a swing role he might not even start in right field i uh, like they're going to be franchi I mean, myers is a guy who's once the number one prospect in major league baseball he's pretty damn good player injuries really derailed him last year and then you get chris paddock who broke out last year zach davies who had a strong year for um uh, milwaukee brewers last year the luch joey lucchese Dinelson lament who has shown flashes as well and one of my favorite fantasy s- deep late round sleepers at the pitching spot garrett richards i love garrett richards garrett richards has the one of the best sliders in major league baseball when healthy that's his problem he's never fucking healthy that's the rotation Oh, by the way, they have one of the best bullpens with Kirby Yates. They trade for Emilio Pagan recently. That's a lot. Craig Stammen, Javi Guerra. I mean, you have got some real, real forces in the bullpen of, of San Diego. That's a good bet. A plus 4,000, you're getting great return on your money. And my number one absolute bona fide favorite bet of the year to win the World Series is the Los Angeles Angels. I love the LA Angels this year. They, what don't, what's their not to like? You know, Albert Pujols is over the hill. Justin Upton's getting, you know, getting up there, but still productive, was hurt. Still was productive last year when healthy. Um, And those are sort of the middle of the lineup bats, but guys, they're getting Shohei Otani back. Did you see Shohei Otani? Look at those deltoids, man, rippling, rippling, shoulders. He worked out like a behemoth this offseason, was already hitting bombs before that, put on a lot of muscle, all right? And I don't know what to make of Shoei Otani, the pitcher. I don't. I don't. When he came over from Japan, I didn't think anything of him either. I really didn't. And uh, I undersold how effective of a hitter he's going to be. But he's back. He put on strength. He's launching the ball, a great ballpark for left-handed hitters like him. They went out and signed Anthony Rendon World, coming off a World Series to a big money contract. Uh, Justin Upton's back and healthy. We saw Tommy Lestella break out for the Angels a year ago. It was absolutely just huge for them, getting on base. The thing about Tommy La is that he's a great fastball hitter. and You put him ahead of Mike Trout, he gets a steady dose of fastballs and he could crank on them. That's a, that's a good combination. And, oh, yeah, by the way, so this guy named Mike Trout, best player in all Major League Baseball, yeah, he's on the team too. Pretty great. They go out and get a couple starters in Julio Tehran and Dylan Bundy. All right? So you got that going for them already uh, in the rotation. It's unfortunate that Griffin Canning came down with a bit of an elbow injury. If Canning were there and healthy, mmm. That would be no stop in this Angel team. But um, all of these offseason moves, all of the way the team stacks up, the division they play, all that stuff is great. And it's all worth betting a little bit for them at plus 25, 2500. Then you factor in the biggest, biggest change of them all Joe Madden, the manager. Joe Madden, the last time the Angels won the World Series, do you know who their bench coach was? Joe Madden, that's right. Mike Socha, everyone thought Mike Sosha was a genius. No, he had Bud Black as pitching coach and Joe Madden as bench coach. Those two have gone on to success in other places. Socha never did. Joe Madden went to a World Series in Tampa Bay. Joe Madden broke a 108-year curse in Chicago to win a World Series there. Joe Madden's the best manager in baseball by a mile. Those of you who normally follow me for fantasy football advice and football stuff, let me put this in a football perspective. If Bill Belichick, Went to a team. Who's the best player? Let's see, best player in NFL. Oh, it's Kansas City. Let's say Belichick went and, to Kansas City. It's a bad example because they won the Super Bowl. But if they went and uh, and he coached Patrick Mahomes, that'd be something worth betting at extremely high rate. Yeah, best manager with the best player with the best free agent acquisitions with two new pitchers. Yes, this is all fantastic. This is the best bet you can make to win the World Series in 2020. So there you go, the Los Angeles Angels plus 2500. Bet it now. Um, obviously, then the Angels win totals 85 and a half. You're gonna bet uh, bet that over immediately, ladies and gentlemen. Bet that over. I love that one. Bet the Padres over at 82 and a half wins. I think that's uh, another absolute easy bet right there. Um, other win totals. I'm going to bet the under an Astros, 94 and a half Astros have a lot going on. They're going to get booed relentlessly. They're going to get thrown at may lead to some injuries. You know, they don't have Garrett Cole anymore. The pitching staff is sort of broken apart and, uh, no more cheating. They've relied on garbage cans and buzzers and pine tar for their pitchers. It's a lot going on in Houston this year. And I don't, I think 94.5, like I said, I like to bet the unders on the extreme highs, and that's one of the highest totals. Bet that under uh, right now as well. Um, That's about it as far as my favorite Major League Baseball future bets. Uh, Like The Phillies over at 85.5 is sort of a secondary. I'm okay with that one, and that would be – Pretty much it. If you guys have a sleeper team, though, you want to chime in with somebody you think that we should be paying more attention to. I'll be happy to dive in. Just tweet me at Jeff underscore Mans. Let me know who your sleeper team for 2020 really is. All right, a lot of sports talk there. Going to get into the NFL Combine stuff here in a minute as well. So uh, we'll, we'll be you know diving in to all of that. Um, coronavirus. Are you guys, are you fucking kidding me with the coronavirus? You guys really that worried about it? Don't be one of those people that go and buy all the, the wipes and the Purell and the water. What do you need water for? Do you, what do you think's going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? Do you think that A, you're gonna get really you're gonna get the coronavirus and then you're gonna get really sick. And and if you do let's say that happened, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with the water? You're gonna drink when you're sick of the terrible flu and pneumonia, do you just say I'm gonna drink a whole ton of water? No, you don't. You don't want fluids. You have to drink small amounts, or you have to drink as much as you can. You're not gonna pound gallons of water, you idiot. Or do you think you're gonna get trapped in your house? If you're trapped in your house, look, where do you people live? Where do you live? Because in my every house and apartment I've ever lived in in my life, I've done this crazy magical thing where I can go to a sink and turn the spout and water comes out. It's amazing. It's amazing. You think you're going to run out of fucking water? Come on, man. I swear people just need things to do. You know, for some of you, just, you need hobbies. Start knitting, write songs, play the guitar, do something with your time. You just, you're just finding reasons to panic and worry. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. It's absolutely nauseating. So yeah, the coronavirus, that's going on. I tweeted out at Jeff underscore man's the other day, um, just how idiotic everybody is, the, the over panic. So every day I get people, ooh, more people, more people. Yeah, it's not even remotely close to the regular flu yet, all right? Not even close to the regular flu. So what are you going to say about that? What are you, you going to say about that? Out of your minds, all of you. So there, my coronavirus update, everybody. Beep Coronavirus update, that was man's opinion. My opinion is you're all insane, just insane. Well, you'll see when I'm buying masks and everything else. Go ahead and buy your masks. I, I think it's foolish. All right, my all-NFL Combine team. Did you guys watch the Combine? The Combine had uh, – so I, I was looking at the latest ratings, all right, for sporting events because I'm writing XFL content over at fantasyguru.com. So I'm doing a lot of that, and as I write, these articles and I'm getting a lot of brushback from people that just do not like the XFL. And I don't know if it's people that hate the NFL too, or just baseball people that feel like we're infringing somehow on their territory or whatever. But I'll still say that the XFL is very good. It's been a very good product thus far. And, uh, I think that, uh, yeah, you know, I, I just don't see the the anger against it. And But I, I'll put it, in, I'm framing it this way. The XFL had double the amount of people watching their games than watched the NFL Combine this year. And the NFL Combine moved to prime time at 970,000 people at over 1.8 million watching the XFL. For those who think that's not much, okay, but... It is. It's more than NBA. It's more than any college basketball. It's more than NHL. It's other sport. It's more than spring training baseball. The average major league uh, game is right around that, you know, even in the bigger markets, New York, and that is about 2 million. So it's not far off of a major league baseball regular season game. You know, and you're ta- talking about a, uh, you're talking about a um, complete, Uh, new franchise, new entity in the XFL. So anyway, did you guys watch the NFL Combine? Because despite only having 970,000 viewers, live viewers at least, the Combine had twice, 50 or 100% rise in their viewership from last year to this year, growing. And why? They grew because they moved it to primetime. Let people see it. And more people know about it, the more they're going to step in and check it out. So um, I think it's you know very useful, good information to have. I think the combine is, is a fun thing to watch. Watching dudes run around in underpants, what's better than that? Oh, okay. So I watch the combine, scouting always. I, I'm curious on what, to me, the combine doesn't mean the world. If a guy runs a 4-4-4, four, 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 five, one versus four, four, nine. It doesn't matter. It's really not that big a deal. It's not, but I do want to see the measurables things that are underappreciated when it comes to football analysis. Football is such a physical game that I guess people that haven't played, I have a whole theory. It says everyone plays little league baseball. So everybody knows baseball, but nobody plays pop Warner football, especially now you play flag. All your kids play flag football. I know. Cause mine does too nobody plays tackle football. I tried to get my son into it. No, no boy. No, he's not doing it. Right. So nobody understands how physical football is and how much physicality there is and taller, stronger, faster. People do better a lot of the times. And is it a perfect science? Is it a hundred percent success rate? No, absolutely not. But the size of your hands matter, the size of your arms matter, your height matters, your weight matters. It, matters all of it matters to how you're going to perform in in the nfl and ultimately in fantasy football so you got to pay attention to these things and know when to hold them know when to fold them kenny Rogers style and my all nfl combine team i have jordan love out of utah state he was the most impressive quarterback in indianapolis uh that past weekend he was dropping dimes everywhere he ran a 474 Looked apart, stood tall in the pocket, ball came out quick, ball came out fast, it came out accurate. The thing I loved about Jordan Love is great foot placement, led the receivers, a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of them, including the guy who I put as my honorable mention, Jalen Hurts. A lot of these guys, Jake Fromm was atrocious, just awful. And I liked Jake Fromm at Georgia. Uh, Ted Schuster loves Jake Fromm's mom. Go Google Jake Fromm's mom and you're welcome. All right. All the guys at least. There's some of the girls probably too. Let's be honest. If you don't like that, I don't know. You're not an American person. Anyway, um, Jordan Love led the receiver through in front of them, through to their hands, through to their shoulders. That's where the ball's supposed to go. That's so a receiver can catch and move. That's what you want. Too much college quarterbacks drop it in the bucket. They loop it. they, They throw arcers you know, like over-the-barn style, and they drop it as if they're shooting a basket in basketball or trying to throw the football into a bushel basket or laundry basket like you do in your living room. That's – NFL is too fast. Players too big. That doesn't last. You can't do that in the NFL. People get away with it in college because they're just stronger arms and faster receivers, and you'll get away with it, but never in the NFL. And Jordan Love didn't do that, and that's a great sign. I think he's going to be third quarterback off the board. And there's an argument. Jordan Love may be the best quarterback in this class. He may be the best pure quarterback in this class. So somebody's going to get a good one. He's going to be early in the first round. Jalen Hurts, I'm impressed. He threw the ball well for what we thought. Not as well as uh, Jordan Love did or, or um, even not. He didn't throw as well as Herbert did, Justin Herbert from Oregon. But he ran a 4.5940. And what really impressed people, Jalen Hurts, we don't have the Wonderlick scores yet, but what we do is the classroom teachings, and he absolutely smashed it. Identifying defenses, knowing what place to opt in and out of. He did an amazing job at this. So Jalen Hurts impressed people. I don't think he'll ever be an NFL starter. It would have to be the right type of system for him, like he had at Oklahoma, but um he still gets honorable mention. Jonathan Taylor wins the all-combine team running back spot, 439. Dude's big, strong. 17 reps on the bench. Press 701-3 cone drill. Absolutely bona fide there. Oh, let me tell you about a guy. Oh, you want me to gush all over somebody? Cam Akers of Florida State. Dude is fantastic. He's not going to go to the fourth round, y'all. Fourth round, probably. Maybe he moves up. Somebody's got to see what I see. I see an all-pro running back at the NFL level, four-four-seven, pass catching dude is absolutely could play receiver in the league. He's that he's undersized for receiver, but my God, he could be. He's a three-down back. He's strong. He's thick. He runs through arm tackles. His three cone drill, absolutely fantastic. At uh, what was it, six-five-eight? You fucking kidding me? Dude is fantastic. Cam Akers. He goes in the right system. He's going to be a bona fide running back, too, in fantasy football in 2020, first year. Uh, honorable mention, uh, That Cam Akers wins the honorable mention there. Wide receiver, Justin Jefferson of LSU, ran a 4-4-3, a half vertical, good route running. LSU wide receivers, they have this weird tendency. Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, guys like that. Uh, uh, DJ I predicted correctly, would be a star in the league. These LSU wideouts do very, very well at the next level. I think Justin Jefferson is the next, next example of that. Henry Ruggs of Alabama, obviously, 427, 42-inch vertical. That dude is just a dynamic freak. I don't – he's – he needs to catch football better. He's a body catcher. It's a problem. He, he has tremendous upside. He'll be probably a day one pick. But man, I have a lot of you know a lot of concern over Henry Ruggs at this point. I still he won the combine, honorable mention for me. The tight end, Albert OK Wukambunum from Okawunumbunum. I I'm from again butchering that one. From Missouri tight end ran a four-four nine. Dude was uh, absolutely fantastic at the combine, you know, six five, two fifty-eight. 34 plus uh, length arms, 10 and a quarter inch hands, a true move tight end and will likely be one of the top guys off the board. I I actually like Steven Sullivan. LSU didn't do shit in college. Didn't do much at all, but was a team player blocks. Well, he ran four, 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 six, six. I'm sorry. Smart though. Very smart, which uh, is underrated asset at the, tight end position. I gave him the honorable mention spot on defense. I'm sorry, offensive line. If I ran an NFL team, my number one overall pick would be Mechie Becton from Louisville, 6'7", 364. Dude is absolutely out of his mind. He's a landmass. He's an island out there. Ran a 5'10", 40-yard dash, put up 23 in the bench press at 364. Good Lord. He would be my number one pick. Yeah, that's right. I would build a team from the trenches, offensive line, defensive line, out. That's how I would go about it. And uh, Mekki Benton would be that guy. Honorable mention, Tristan Wirfs. Everyone loves him from Iowa. Polished, four eight five forty. Who cares about 40 with an offensive lineman, though? Honestly, totally overrated, but still fast, quick. Iowa um, offensive uh, um, lineman hit and miss a lot. They usually hit and are productive at the NFL level. Okay. But a lot of the tackles end up having to move into guard just because they're just a little bit better run blockers, despite having an athleticism to play on the outside. So worse will be an offensive tackle. We'll see how it goes. Um, Also like Nitani Muti from Fresno state. This is a dude who's on the inside offensive guard. He is a run blocking dynamo. If Natani Muti from Fresno State, pay attention to where he goes. It'll be a day two or day three pick. Where he goes, he's going to work his way into a starting guard role left to right side, and that's a run game we may want to – that's immediately – remember what Will Hernandez did for the New York Giants two years ago? That's kind of what Muti is and can make that kind of dramatic impact in year number one. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, some of my favorites here. I love Isaiah Simmons. Uh, I, he reminds me of Brian Erlocker, 4'3'9 speed, 39 inch vertical, 11 and the broad jump. He's 6'4, 240. I mean, dude's just a specimen. Can play the position. Good football IQ from the University of Clemson. I, I don't know what else to tell you there. I mean, that's the guy who should be a top five pick as well. Anybody trying to rebuild their defense, that's, that's a staple. That's a lockdown, right, dude? Right there. Um, Justin Matabuke from Texas A&M, uh, to me, one of the best edge rushers in this class. Fast, great first snap ability. Very Von Miller-esque Matibouque, uh, in my opinion. Just looks that part. True NFL edge rusher. And I think he'll make a pretty dynamic impact. Small school kid, Kyle Duggar, from a school I've literally never heard of. Lenoir uh Ryan. I don't know where that is. I, I couldn't tell you where the hell it is. I don't know. But he's 6'1. He's 217, 449 with a 42 inch vertical from a safety. Just pure another guy looks like the part talked it up, identified um formations um in the classroom part of it as well. You love to see that from small school kid who hasn't really, you know, hasn't played the toughest of competition, at least not division one. Other, uh, another safety, Jeremy Chin from Southern Illinois, 445, 41 inch vertical, 6'3", 220. That dude looks like an NFL safety as well. Not afraid to mix it up, not afraid to hit, tackle, stop the run, and can cover with that kind of size and long arms. I like Jeremy Chin. He's a smaller school kid that, uh, that will go. And defensive gurus in the NFL are going to be very, very hot on Chin. I bet you he plays out. He's going to end up being a second-day pick. C.J. Henderson, cornerback out of Florida. A lot of people know about him. Love what he did. Four three nine, thirty-seven 37-inch vertical, 20 on the bench press. I like the corners that could bench a little bit, are stronger, because those are the guys who like to hit and aren't worried about being physical. Those are also the guys who won't be manhandled by the larger receivers like Julio Jones and those kind of guys that you – know, a lot of rec- wide receivers just gotta push off, lean on corners and do that whole thing, use their body – when you get a big corner like a CJ Henderson, those they can lock down that side of the field. They can go toe to toe with some of the bigger wideouts across the National Football League and uh you know those are true shutdown guys, guys that can actually shut down the best wide receivers in the league. So there you go. That's my all NFL combine team here for I guess 2020, I guess for the year, folks, that's going to do it. This episode has gone quickly. A lot of sports information here. I'm working on, uh, I'm setting up a lot of different things. We've got guests coming on. We got Schuster to talk about our old school days. What was it like growing up? How did he and I meet? We met at a Walmart. Ted Schuster and I met while we both worked at Walmart, believe it or not. We'll tell that story. We've got, uh, oh, Ted getting arrested stories. We've got we've got some crazy times over our 25 years. Ray Flowers, how he and I met, the history of the fantasy sports industry. If you guys are interested in that. Me and Tommy G, good God. Tommy G almost getting me murdered at the uh, Cosmopolitan Hotel in Las Vegas one time. How Tommy G was a fanboy of mine, took me out on the town did bottle service and all that stuff and that's how he and i actually met that's an amazing story as well we've got that podcast coming down the pike guys appreciate you subscribing hopefully you hit the like button give us as many stars as you feel we deserve here there's a lot of people behind the scenes shout out to our dude rusty from uh, fantasy, guru, lead fantasy, and elite sports betting. Rusty is the fucking man. My guy Josh that uh, works for us editing these things. Shout out to those guys. Our girl Kat who does all the voiceovers for one man's opinion. Really appreciate everybody working hard. Rob Brink, who really has built our uh, network and believed in this show and others and everybody who supported, it guys appreciate you hopefully you're entertained we got you where you needed to go we'll be back with episode four coming up later on appreciate you guys uh of course if we disagreed about anything that's okay why because this is one man's opinion deuces